right? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this divine moment, this opportunity now to be able to communicate your word to your people for your glory. I submit myself unto you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you said in your word that we have not need that any man would teach us anything but the anointing which we receive from you. Father, he's the teacher. He teaches us all things. So I submit to the teacher. You teach through me tonight. We illuminate your word. Uh, we declare even now that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light, that we would know what you want us to do, that we would know the resources that you already stored up for us, and that we would release our faith to walk in your financial plan. We pray this by faith in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. amen. And amen. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. As we sit down. All right. Amen. Amen. So listen, God's financial plan. How many of you have been enjoying the word that we've been receiving in this topic so far? All right, let's give God some praise for that. Listen, one of the things that I know is that um, our pastors hear from God. And so our pastors know what the, what the heart of God is in this particular season. Uh, and, uh, and then we're flowing in that vein. And so I'm very thankful uh, and, uh, for the opportunity to be able to minister uh, even in their presence. So let's give God some praise for our apostles, Apostles Tony and Cynthia Brazelton. All right, we ought to uh, honor them, acknowledge them, and, uh, you know, honor is the culture of the kingdom. So uh, God's financial plan, uh, we're ministering, we're flowing in this vein. Um, we, we declare this every week, that whenever you can see the Word, hear the Word, understand the Word of God, you can be changed by a Word that you see, hear, and understand. I know one of the things that I had to learn, and I shared a little bit of my testimony last week, is that when, when a lot of us, at least in my case, when I came to God, and a lot of us, when we come to God, we come to God with limiting beliefs, right? We have these limiting beliefs. And, and the Bible says in Mark 9 and 23, all things, say all things, all things are possible to him that believes. So if we don't believe something, that thing, whatever we don't believe, is not possible for us. It's not that it's not possible, Beverly. It's just not possible for us because we don't believe, right? So it could be possible for somebody else. The Bible says in Hebrews uh, that the gospel was preached unto us as well as unto them, but it didn't profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So when we hear the word with faith, when we come to God with a position of faith and we hear the word and, and our hearts are open to receive, whenever we can see the Word and hear the Word and understand the Word of God, we can be changed by that Word that we see, hear, and understand. And so we want to be changed in the area of our finances. Say amen to that. Amen. amen. All right. So, so that's what we're doing tonight. We're going to labor here in the area of our finances. I want to start with the building of the temple. One of the things that I had to learn is that what, when there's these principles in the Bible, one of the things is that whenever God releases vision, it is only because the provision was already stored up. Say amen to that. If God gives us a vision, it's because the provision was already stored up. And what God is looking for from us is faith. I remember when Pastor Tony shared with us, we were in 14747 Arizona Avenue, and he shared with us, he said, hey, I, I was getting on this plane, I was flying to Houston, uh, and I told Beverly, remember this, Beverly? I told Beverly, hey, we got this, you know, they want us to know, should, are we going to put in a bid for this building? And I was like, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to put in a bid on that building. He got on the plane. He said, the Lord told him, hey, Tony, where are you going to put the harvest that I'm going to give you in Woodbridge? And he said, I don't know, Lord. He said, you're going to put him in that building. So he called Beverly. And so what, you know, we started that process. And watch this, where the vision was for the harvest. And the harvest is coming. Say, the harvest is coming. 
Because there's no way that God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he has to perform it. If he declared it, he has to make it good. But, but when God said, watch this, then this building is ours, then all of the provision to, do, to put all the stuff in this building that you see was already stored up. But God was looking for our faith. Say faith. God was looking for our faith. So this is what the Lord said to David. We all know that David was a man of war. So the Lord said to David, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you insight concerning the temple that must be built, but I'm not going to let you build it. This is going to be an assignment for your son. But what you are going to do is you're going to store up the resources for it. So, so in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, beginning at verse 1, I'm going to read this from the easy to read version. The Bible says, King David said to all of the Israelites who were gathered together, God chose my son Solomon. Solomon is young and he does not know all that he's going to need to do this work, but the work is very important. Now, the house is not for people. This house is for the Lord. Beginning at verse 2, I have done my best to provide what is needed for the building of God's temple. I have given gold for the things that are going to be made of gold. I've given silver for the things that are going to be made of silver. I've given bronze for the things that are going to be made of bronze. I've given iron for the things that are going to be made of iron. I've given wood for the things of wood, onyx stones for those settings, mosaic tiles, all kinds of valuable stones, different colors, white marble stones. The Lord told him what to store up. The Lord gave him specific instructions. And watch this, the Lord was not building this on the cheap. And then he said, beginning at verse 3, I'm making a specific, a special gift of gold and silver things for my God's temple. I'm doing this because I really want to see the temple of my God built, and I'm giving all of these things to build a holy temple. So what I'm doing is, verse 4, I have given 110 tons of pure gold. I'm going to break that down later. So, Because I, th I think, Ricky, sometimes we read 110 tons of gold. We don't know what that means. Like in, in 2023, I'm going to break it down for you. And then he says, I've given 263 tons of pure silver. The silver is for the covering on the walls and the building of the temple. I've given gold and silver for all of the things that are supposed to be made of gold and silver. I've given gold and silver so that skilled men can make all the different kinds of things for the temple. Now... How many of you Israelites are ready to give? <laughs> now, he said, this is what I've given. Now, how many of you are ready to give? Verse 6, the family leaders and the leaders of the tribes of Israel and the generals and the captains and the officials responsible for the king's work, they were all ready to give too. And so they stood up. Verse, verse 7, these things gave, this is what they gave, 190 tons of gold, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, 3,750 tons of iron. They gave all of the valuable stones. Verse 9, the people were very happy because their leaders were willing to give so much. The leaders had given freely uh, to the, from what the Lord had given them, and King David was very happy. Now, why do I break this all down? What happens is that God, for God's financial plan, God starts with giving you the vision. Say the vision. Now, what happens here, VCMI, is supposed to happen in your household. We have visionaries. These visionaries, they come and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. The Lord told us we're about to boom another campus. We're going to raise this up. We're going to do a new building. We're going to do whatever. They cast the vision, and as they cast the vision, there's an anointing on us to go get the resources required to bring the vision to pass. Say amen to that. 
Now, what they do here in this house, we're supposed to do in our house. We're supposed to get our children together. We're supposed to get our family together and say, hey, guess what? God has given us a vision. This is what we're believing God for in 2023. As I'm getting ready for 2024, this is what we believe that we're going to give in 2024. And we, we cast the vision in our household. God doesn't give you the end product. God gives you the seed. God doesn't give you the end product. God gives you the seed. And then he wants you to sow the seed. God didn't give them the building. God gave them the materials. God gave them all of the seed, and then they had to sow it. And we learned last week that there is seed, time, and harvest. So there's a time of sowing. Then there's a time of processing or waiting. And then there's harvest time. Say harvest time. So as a leader, we have to cast the vision. David cast the vision for as a leader, and then he had all his leaders come to give, and then the people gave. And so we're supposed to be casting this vision at home. So for example, let's say that you're believing God for something. Let's say that, that you're believing God to send your, one of your children to this particular school. And let's say that right now, say right now, Right now, let's say right now, you don't have all the money for it, but you're believing God that you're going to be able to write out a check and you're going to be able to give it. And so your son or your daughter will be able to graduate with no student loans. Say amen to that. So what you want to do is get your son, get your daughter, get them in on it because God is looking for your faith. You cast a vision. You say, you know what? Hey, baby, let me tell you something. We're going to believe God. We're going to pay this thing off and you're going to graduate with no student loans. You know what I'm saying? But, but what we have, we don't have, I don't have it all yet, but what I have is seed. Now, I don't have the harvest, but I have the seed. And I learned last week, I'm not going to eat all my seed, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to put some seed in the ground and we're going to believe that God is going to provide the harvest. Say amen to that. So David came first, he had the offering, then the leaders came, they had an offering, then the people came, and they had an offering, everyone was able to give. This is what David prayed in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. I'll begin reading at verse 10. Then David praised the Lord in front of all the people who were gathered together. David said, the Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, may you be praised forever and ever. Greatness, power, glory, victory, and honor, they all belong to you. Because everything in heaven and everything on earth, it all belongs to you. The kingdom belongs to you, Lord. You are the head. You are the ruler over everything. Verse 12, riches and honor, it comes from you. You rule over everything. You have the power. You have the strength in your hand. And in your hand is the power to make anyone great and powerful. Verse 13, uh, so, so now, now we thank you, God, and we praise your glorious name. All these things didn't come from me. All these things didn't come from our people. All of this stuff came from you. We are only giving back to you out of what has come from you. Verse 15, we are only strangers traveling through this world like ancestors. Our time on earth is like a passing shadow, and we cannot stop it. Verse 16, Lord our God, we gathered all these things to build your temple. We're building it to honor your name. All of these things have come from you, and everything belongs to you. My God, now that you test people and that you are happy when people do what is right, I gladly give you all these things with a pure and an honest heart. I see that your people are gathered here. I see that they are happy about the giving of these things unto you. Glory to God. I see that the people are happy. I see that the people are coming together. I don't cast the vision. The people are involved. The people are excited. They're, they're, watch this. They're not giving out of necessity. They're not giving up begrudgingly. Their heart is in their giving. Why? Because God has cast a vision and we need to get in on the blessing. Say amen to that. 
I'm telling you, man, VCMI is good ground. When we cast a vision on something, you better hurry up and get in on it because his projects are going to get funded quickly. So we got to get excited. Why? Because the demand, say this, the demand attracts the supply. Say the demand attracts the supply. Because the vision came from God, and the vision was for gold, and for silver, and for bronze, and for iron, and for wood, and all of these things. Because the vision, watch this, that was the demand. The demand will attract the supply. I'm telling you, when you have a vision from God, and you cast that vision, it's going to attract what you need. Say amen to that. All right, now let me break it down. Now let me do some math. David gave 110, himself, 110 tons of gold. What is that? What does that mean in English? One ton is 2,000 pounds. Say 2,000 pounds. All right, so I looked this up today, Beverly. Uh, uh, the price of gold today is $1,941.60 an ounce. So let's just call it 1940. $1,940 an ounce. So that 1940 times uh, 16 is $31,040 a pound, right? David gave... 220,000 pounds of gold. So in today's money, that would be $6.8 billion. That's what the pastor gave, y'all. That's what the leader gave. The pastor said, listen, I'm going to give first, and just in gold, I'm not talking, I didn't do the math on the silver, didn't do the math on the bronze. You got to change the way you think. You, you got to stop. You gotta, I'm telling you, God had to deliver me from a poverty spirit, a poverty mentality. You got to change the way you think. Just the pastor gave $6.8 billion. Okay, Brother Pena, what about the people? The Bible says the people gave 190 tons of gold. Do the math. That works out to $11.7 billion. Let me say this. Listen, I just left a company called Worldwide Technology. Worldwide Technology is the largest black-owned firm in the United States. Dave Stewart is the founder. They still run it. Uh, last year, Worldwide Technology did $17 billion in revenue. That means selling $17 billion worth of stuff. And every time we told that to somebody, they was like, wow. Listen, that's what they raised just in gold for the building of God's temple. They rate just in gold. I, di I didn't even do the math on the silver. I didn't even do the math on the bronze. I didn't even do the math on the iron. You know what I'm talking about? Just in gold, they raised that kind of money. We got to say this. I got to change the way I think. Oh, oh, we got to change the way. That, listen, listen, you got to break the poverty mentality. You got to know that this is part of your heritage. This is part of your inheritance. Listen, you got you to look at God and understand that God owns everything, everywhere. Say amen to that. Not only does he own everything everywhere, watch this, then he owns everything. He will release it according to the vision that he has given you. The size doesn't matter because he owns everything. What we got to do is we got to put a demand, watch this, because the demand will attract the supply. The demand will attract the supply. David gave, then the leaders gave, then the people gave, and they raised over $17 billion. Now, when it came time, now David is gone, King Solomon built the temple, it came time to do the building dedication, right? Beverly, you were here when we dedicated this building. We had a beautiful ceremony when we dedicated this building. Well, let's talk about the building dedication of King Solomon's temple. Uh, just on the building dedication, let's see what they burned up. Say they burned it up. 2 Chronicles chapter 4, uh, and I'm going to read, I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, I'm going to read verses 4 and 5 from the New International Version, uh, beginning at verse 4. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord, 
And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 head of cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. So for, the, for the, the worship ceremony, it took them a long time to do this, but just in the celebration of the temple, they burnt up 22,000 cows and 120,000 sheep and goats. All right, I did the math again, all right? So I looked it up, and a cow today, say today. Today, a head of cattle today is anywhere from 900 to $5,000. So let's just say $2,500 to keep it safe. All right, 20, so they, they burnt up 22,000 cows. Today, that would be $55 million that they burnt up. Say they burnt it up. All right, and let's talk about goats. And so, so long time ago, I taught on this, and a goat back then was only $35. I was surprised today, a goat can be anywhere from $75 to $200. Let's just call it $100, right? So $100 a goat, $100 a sheep. They burnt up 120,000 of them, which is $12 million. So they burnt up $67 million in the ceremony for celebrating the building. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, say this. Say, I'm changing my mindset. Oh, you got to change your mindset. Like, like you got to change your mind. You got to stop thinking. You, you got to start thinking like God thinks. Say, God's financial plan. And watch this. And God told them to do it. And God told, you know, now, now today, you know what happens today. Or today it would be like, you know how many people we could have fed? You know what I'm saying? You know how, matter of fact, that's a lot of beef too. You know what I'm saying? I don't, they, they burnt up the beef. There wasn't even a barbecue. Like, I mean, they, they burnt it all up. You know how many people we could have fed? Who told them to do this? God told them to do it. Say God's financial plan. Oh, we need, to, we need to start looking at things like God. We need to start thinking like God. First Kings. Now, when it came to, to time to build the temple, let's talk about the people that were involved. Because, uh, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, not here at VCMI, but sometimes other places, say other places, sometimes other places it's hard to get people involved. Not here, right? Not here. But let's talk about the people. First Kings chapter 5. Uh, so First Kings chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. The Bible says, Then King Solomon conscripted a labor force of 30,000 men from all of Israel. 30,000 men to build the temple. He sent them to Lebanon in shifts, 10,000 a month. So it's kind of like, I don't know, for those of you that are military, Mike is back there. Mike, were you ever stationed at Fort Bragg? All right, so at Fort Bragg, Fort Bragg, 82nd Airborne Division, what happens is this is what you, what you do. When you're at Fort Bragg, that, that you got an you gotta A, B, and C cycle or, or, or red, uh, white, blue cycle. And when you're on red cycle, that means you're on two-hour recall. You got your A and B bags already packed, and your A and B bags are already in the orderly room. And so if you get a call within two hours, you're going to be in a plane going anywhere in the world. And so after you do that for 30 days, you can't do that forever. After you do that for 30 days, then you go to the B cycle. The next cycle, you're supporting the people that go. And on that third cycle, that last month, that, that's the month that you could take vacation and do other stuff. And you rotate. They took 10,000 people, and they rotated them month after month. So so you would have one month working, right, and two months off, and it was 30,000 people from Israel that were assigned to build the building. 30,000, and they had one month on and two months off. Say amen to that. All right, keep reading. Then it says Solomon also had 70,000 common laborers. He also had 80,000 stone cutters. He also had 3,600 foremen. 
That's, that's 3,600 supervisors. I'm talking about building the temple. It took seven and a half years to build the temple, and he had 3,600 supervisors and over 100,000 workers to build the house of God. Say amen to that. You got to change your mindset. Said, I'm changing. I, I'm, I'm believing God. Say God's financial plan. All right. So now, now the temple is built. King Solomon built the temple. King Solomon also built a beautiful home for himself. And then later, the queen of Sheba came to his house. Now, the queen of Sheba didn't go. I'm, this isn't the visit to the temple. This is the visit to his house. Let's see what happens when she goes to his house. Second Chronicles chapter 9, beginning at verse 3 from the message translation. The Bible says, when the queen of Sheba experienced for herself Solomon's wisdom and saw with her own eyes the palace he had built and the meals that were served, and the very impressive array of court officials, how sharply dressed the waiters were. I'm talking about certain, this is in his house. Like how the waiters were dressed, how the cupbearers were dressed, and then the elaborate worship, extravagant. There was burnt offerings at the temple of God. And when she saw all of this, it took her breath away. It took her breath away, right? Now, verse 9 says, when it took her breath away, she decided oh my God, I see the anointing that's on this, on this man of God. I need to sow into this anointing. I need to sow a seed. Somebody say, sow a seed. I'm about to change your mindset. I'm about to change your mind. I'm telling you, when you say, hey, it's time, we don't ever really ask you to sow anything into Pastor Tony, Pastor Cynthia on these rare occasions. Listen, we got these other, you know, like uh, we got regular buckets over here. We got the gold bucket right here. Uh, so on the gold bucket, this is your one opportunity to sow a seed into Pastor Tony for his birthday, Pastor Cynthia for her birthday. You don't want to get in on this. Okay, this is what she said. She said, my God, I saw your house. I saw how everything, I don't want to leave here without sowing a seed. Let me tell you what she sold. She said, I don't want to leave here without sowing the seed. Verse 9, she gave 120 talents of gold and large quantities of spices and precious stones, and there had never been so many spices in Israel because of the Queen of Sheba. 120 talents of gold. Let's break it down. One talent, 75 pounds, right? So it's 120 talents. So 120 times 75 pounds is 9,000 pounds. I already told you that one pound of gold is $31,000. So she sold $279 million. She said, oh my God. She said, I see the anointing on the man of God. I see, I'm looking at this house. The Bible says it took her breath away. She said, I need to sow a seed before I get out of here. I'm a queen. I got it going on too, just, just so y'all know. And so let me sow a seed. And before she, I think we read it, 120 talents of gold. Like we don't do the math. We don't know what that means. She said, I'm not getting out of here without sowing a seed. And she sowed $270 million into the man of God. Say amen to that. Say, I got to change my thinking. Oh, oh, I'm talking about God. Listen, say this. Say, our God is not broke. But, but the demand is going to attract the supply. Here's, here's a, uh, an example that Apostle Cynthia has preached on a few times, and every time she mentions it, it really blesses me. Second Kings chapter 4, I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. A man from a group of prophets had a wife. This man died. His wife cried out to Elisha. My husband was like a servant to you, man of God. Now he's dead. You know he honored the Lord, but he owed money to a man. Now that man is coming to see me, and he wants to take my two boys and make them slaves. Elisha answered, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Say this. Say, I always have something. I always have 
Oh, yeah, you got some seed. You might not have the harvest, but you got some seed. You always have something. God is going to work with what you got. Matter of fact, I'm not, I'm not teaching on this tonight, but remember when there was a need uh, in the crowd and the crowd was hungry? Jesus said, don't send them away. Where was the need in the crowd? Where was the seed in the crowd? Oh, you always have something. You always have something. In the, so he said, okay, what do you have? She said, I don't have anything except this little jar of oil. Then Elisha said, okay, go borrow bowls. Uh, from all of your neighbors, and they, they must be empty. Borrow plenty of bowls. King James says, borrow not a few. Verse 4, then go to your house and close all the doors. Only you and your sons will be in the house. Then pour the oil into all the, the bowls and fill them up all, and then put them in a separate place. So the women left Elisha, and she went into her house, and she shut the door. Only she and her sons were in the house. Her sons brought all the bowls, and they started pouring the oil. The oil. And she filled many boils, uh, bowls. Finally, she said to her son, bring me another bowl. But all the bowls were full. So one of her sons says, there aren't any more bowl, bowls. And then the oil of jar was finished. Watch this. It didn't stop. Watch this. The supply didn't run out until the demand ran out. Say the demand will attract the supply. Let me pause right here real quick and just say this. Let's say that God has given you a number that you're believing God for to give to VCMI. Let's say that God has given you a number that you're believing God for, you know, to, to just expand the kingdom. The demand is going to attract the supply. There's no number that scares God. We already talked about some numbers tonight. Listen, there's no number that scares God. But, but, but the supply will run out when the demand runs out. And so, so, so watch this. While the demand was still there, the oil kept flowing. The oil was not going to run out. Why? Because the demand was there. But once it stopped, then it stopped. Verse 7, when she told the man of God what happened, Elisha said to her, go now, sell the oil, pay off your debt, and you and your sons can live off of the money that is left. Say God's financial plan. God's but that takes faith, though. I'm talking about you're going to have to believe God to start looking at things differently. You're going to have to believe God to start looking at resources differently. There's no number that scares God. you you got to expand your capacity to believe God. You are only limited by your capacity to believe. She believed, and the oil kept flowing. Now, we got to believe. Are we believing, right? Are we making a demand? Let me say this. Uh, I mentioned this many, many years ago, and I'm going to mention it again because uh, I've been here. I got here. 2010. So I've been here 13 years. Listen, I, I told you when I got here 13 years ago and we were in Arizona Avenue and the first time I came to Arizona Avenue, it was Apostle Cynthia was, was preaching and, 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 and I was sitting like on the third row and she was like right there. Like the distance was like this close. And Isabella and I had seen them at World Changers and we couldn't get close to them at World Changers. We were so far away. And I was sitting there saying, oh my God, I, I, I don't understand. I think people don't understand the anointing that's on our man of God and our woman of God. I don't think people understand. Listen, there's a you got to make a demand. I don't know about you, but I make a demand on the anointing that's on their lives. I don't know about you, but I sow seed into VCMI and I sow seed into them and I make a demand on the anointing that's on their lives. There's an anointing on this ministry, but if you don't make a demand, nothing is going to happen. If you don't make a demand, you remember when, uh, uh, I, I'm not even teaching on this tonight, but, but the Lord had prophesied to Abraham and he said, listen, you know,
you know, your, 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 your descendants, there's going to rise up a descendant. One of your descendants is going to have favor uh, in Egypt. And then your, your descendants are going to go in Egypt. They're going to be there for 400 years. And then they're going to come out. And they're going to come out with many possessions. And he said that 400 years before it happened. He said when they leave, they're going to leave with many possessions. But when they were leaving, the Lord told Moses to tell the people, you go tell the Egyptians, give me your stuff. And, and they had to ask for it, right? And said, I want your stuff. And, and so they were leaving, but he was like, I'm not going to leave empty-handed because 400 years ago, the Lord already prophesied to my forefathers that we're going to not leave empty-handed. But the only people that got the stuff were the people that asked for it. They had to go ask for it from the Egyptians. They, got, they had to go make a demand. I'm telling you, in this season, 2023, he gets up, she gets up. They talk about what God is doing in this season, that this is a season of supernatural debt cancellation, supernatural a transfer, all of this stuff, but you got to make a demand on it. Listen, if, if you don't ask for it, you're not going to have it. And if you ask small, you're going to receive small. But we're going to expand. Say, I expand. My capacity to believe God. When God is moving, the supply doesn't stop until the demand stops. So we have to make a demand on the anointing that's on this ministry. Say amen to that. Well, another thing, you got to make, watch this, say, say this. I make supernatural preparations. You got to prepare for the increase. You got to act like, like Isabella and I, if we're believing God for something in our business or in our home, we say, okay, well, this is what we got to start thinking. When this money comes in, this is what we're going to do. For, I got to start making preparations now, right? Because if I'm not preparing for it, then watch this, prepared blessings come to prepared people. So, so this woman was like preparing. She, she hey, go get the stuff. Borrow not a few. And so she was borrowing stuff. She, hey, you got some pots? You got some bowls? I know you got some more bowls up in here. Where's your bowls at? Let me give you, you know what I'm saying? Borrowing all this stuff. Why? Because prepared blessings come to prepare people. Well, if we're teaching, listen, there's no way that our man of God, our woman of God said, hey, check this out. You know what we're going to teach on in September? She said maybe October too. I don't know. But this is what she said. She said, you know what we're going to teach on? God's financial plan. There's no way that we're teaching on this if there's not an anointing for it right now. Say, I make a demand. You got to make a demand on the anointing. You got to prepare blessings, come to prepare people. So what type of demand are you making on the anointing? Say amen to that. And so, so listen, we got to believe God. Now, when that time comes, we got we to gotta receive the vision from the Lord and believe God. Let me say it this way. Um, I know last week I talked about budgeting a little bit, uh, but a budget is not a vision. A budget is not a vision. A budget is this is how much money I know is coming in, and this is how we're going to spend the money. If you just live your life on a budget, then you're just going to be living off of a set finite amount month to month. A budget is not a vision. You got to have a vision for unexpected income. You got to have a vision for increase, advancement, acceleration. For, for, you know what I'm saying? I, you got to have a vision that is coming. It, I got unexpected opportunities. I got, if you have a business, you got to declare there are contracts that are looking for me. And they're going to find me in this season. You know, if you have a career, you got to say promotion is coming. Advancement is coming. Increase is coming. I know that God wants me to succeed. That I'm the head, not the tail. Above only, not beneath. I'm the winner, not the loser. I'm the victor and never the victim. Say amen to that. Amen. 
But, but you got to believe on that level. You're going to have to expand your capacity to believe God. You have to believe on the level of the grace that's on your life. You're not earning it. You're believing for it. You're not working for it. You're believing for it. Say, my job, my job. is to believe. Let's take a, a, a look at the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler, Mark chapter 10, very familiar scripture, beginning at verse 17. Jesus started to leave, but a man ran to him, bowed down on his knees. The man asked, good teacher, what must I do to get a life that never ends? Verse 18, Jesus answered, why do you call me good? Only God is good. And you know what he commands, you must not murder anyone, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not lie, you must not cheat, you must respect your father and your mother. The man said, well, teacher, I've obeyed all of those commands since I was a young boy. The Ten Commandments are broken up into six commandments that deal with loving men or others and four uh, commandments that deal with loving God. So all the commandments, all the law and the prophet can be wrapped up in love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, thy strength, love thy neighbor as thyself. So he says, the six that you just mentioned, I've been doing those since I was a little boy, right? And so, so he said, I've been doing those. So Jesus looked at the man in a way that showed how much he cared for him. And he said, there's one thing that you lack, not four things, because there's four other ones, but these four things are just one thing. There's one thing that you lack. He says, Go and sell everything that you have, give the money to the poor, and you will have riches in heaven. Then you can come and follow me. Verse 22, the man was very upset when Jesus told him to give his money away. He didn't want to do it because he was very rich, so he went away sad. God is okay with you having money. God is not okay with money having you. And so the issue was he, he had... There's this, say, say this, say God has to have first place. He had put money in, in the wrong place. Money is an excellent servant, but a poor master. So if you want God's financial plan, you got to make sure that money is not your master. Pastor Tony years ago did a really good teaching, solid teaching on, on the spirit of mammon and how money is the least of all riches in the kingdom. Money is your servant, not your master. This is the only person that Jesus said, follow me to, that didn't follow him. This is the only person that Jesus invited into discipleship and he turned them down. Why? Because he had many possessions. So you would say, okay, well then obviously Jesus was against money then, right? No, no, no. In the same conversation, let me keep reading. Verse 28. This is when Jesus said, it's easier for a rich man to make it, uh, or the camel to make it through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to make it into heaven. Uh, uh, verse 28. It's not like the disciples said, yeah, Jesus, you should talk, talk bad about them rich people, right? No, that's not what Peter said. Peter said, hey, hold on for a minute, Jesus. You know, Peter was always talking out of turn. Peter, today, if it was today, 2023, Peter would have been from Brooklyn. He said, hey, uh, Jesus, we left everything to follow you. Jesus said, hold on for a minute. My dad, who's the Lord of the harvest, is never going to be in debt to you. Let me, let me explain something. Say, God would never be in debt to me. Verse 29, Jesus said, I can promise you this, no one who has left their home or their brother or their sister or their mother or their father or their children or their farm for me or for the gospel will not receive, watch this, a hundred times more than what they left here in this world. What are they going to get in this world? Whatever they sowed. Remember last week we dealt with everything reproduces what? 
after its kind. What are you going to get? You're going you're gonna to get a hundred times more what? Homes, brothers, sisters, mother, children, and farms. Whatever you sow for the kingdom, you're going to get a, a multiplied harvest now in this time, and with that, eternal life. But he said that this prosperity does come with persecution because people, people are going to talk bad about you when you start walking in God's best for your life. But Jesus, in the same conversation where he said it is easier for a camel to make it through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to make it into heaven, in that same conversation, Jesus talked about a hundredfold return. So obviously he wasn't against the money. He, was, he had an issue where, where the money, uh, the position that the money had in the young ruler's heart. And so God is okay with you having money. God is not okay with money having you. Basically what he was saying was this. Listen, I just invited this guy to give all of this away. Had he followed me, had he, had he joined the team, my father, who's the Lord of the harvest, there's no way. Anything that you give up, money, houses, land, farm, for the gospel, for my sake, what are you going to get back? Money, houses, land, farm. If he would have gave it away, my father, who's the Lord of the harvest, would have gave him a multiplied return. But he missed out on that opportunity because he walked away sad. Why? Because he turned it down. Why? Because he didn't understand the principle of sowing and reaping. In the kingdom, God's financial plan, everything is working off of this system. So seed, time, and harvest, and everything reproduces what? After its own kind. So, so in this season, we're going to have to believe God. We're going to have to give on another level. We're going to have to put seed in the ground. We're going to have to open up our heart. To, listen, this is a season for you to increase your giving. Say amen to that. Amen. amen. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, I'm going to close with this. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, beginning at verse 18 from the New Living Translation. Let me just go through a few of these verses. This is what King Solomon said. King Solomon, who built this temple. King Solomon, who was the richest man on the planet. Beginning at verse 18, New Living Translation. This is what the Bible says. Ecclesiastes 5. Even so, I've noticed one thing at least that's good. So you're sitting down with King Solomon. He's the wisest man in the land. He has all the money, Beverly. He says, let me tell you something. I've noticed one thing that's good. What is that, King Solomon? He says, it's good for people to eat and drink and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life that God has given them and to accept their lot in life. Say this. Say, I accept my lot in life. Verse 19. It's a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. I don't know if you have Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 19 to put up on the screen, but I want people to get this. Let me read that for you slow so you got it. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 19, right? It is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. To enjoy your work and to accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. And God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they have no time to brood over the past. Listen, people say, oh man, you guys believe in that prosperity gospel. Right? I, don't know, I don't know what that is, but I, I definitely don't believe in a failure gospel. I mean, I, I, I definitely don't believe in that, right? And so, so, oh, you guys are talking about health and wealth. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 19, King Solomon said, here's one thing I noticed that's good, right? It's a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. It's a good thing for you to have more than enough to meet the needs of every situation and to be able to give to every good and charitable work. And it's a good thing for you to have the health to enjoy. It's a good thing for you to have not have all 
all this money, but then you can't enjoy it because your health, your body is breaking down. No, it's a good thing to have the wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. And the Bible says, King Solomon said, God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they have no time to brood over the past. You ever met, met somebody that's always, like, they're born again, but they're just, like, nasty, miserable. Like, like, they're going to heaven, but they're just miserable going to heaven. You ever met somebody like that? They're just going to heaven, but they're mad. You know, they're, all, they're just fussing all the time. And they're always talking about the way things used to be. No, no. Uh, Solomon said, listen, when you receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy, you don't have no time to be brooding over the past. Like, you're so busy enjoying life. You're so busy living what I call the grace life. You embrace the grace of God to be the man of God, the woman of God that he's called you to be. You get up every morning and you say, my calling is calling me. You know what I'm saying? You get, as soon as your feet hit the ground, I'm like, my calling is calling me. There's no way. that Listen, I, I got too much going on to be worrying about the past. Listen, I, I got too much going on right now. I got this spring in my step. I got a song in my heart. I got a smile on my face. You know, you know what I'm saying? Why? Because my calling is calling me. I, I, I got too much. Listen, I got too, too many things to do. God has blessed us. God, 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 I thank you that you are on me and in me and with me and for me. So God, what is your financial plan? Whatever you want me to do. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. Whatever you tell me to do when the money comes in. Whatever, listen, I'm not even worrying about percentages anymore. Father, you just tell me. What do you want me to do with what you put in my hands? You tell me what to do and you're the Lord of my life. You are the Lord of everything. Why? As I'm so busy enjoying life that I'm not even worrying about the past. It's forward ever, backward never. The best is yet to come. Say amen to that. Are you ready to operate in God's financial plan? Are you ready to operate in increase, abundance, advancement, acceleration, promotion? Let's stand all over the building. Come on, give God some praise for the word. For those of you that are at home, we want you to stand up too. Get excited. Right, let, let's pray. Let's seal the deal. Glory to God with this word. My God, uh, like, open up your heart. Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word that you gave us tonight. We thank you, Father, for the anointing that's on this ministry. We thank you, Father, for Victory Christian Ministries International. And there's this anointing that's on this house. And because we're members of this house, that very same anointing is on our house. And as our man of God, a woman of God, they cast a vision in this house. Father, we thank you for the vision that you've given for our house. And we will never lack a thing. Father, you make all grace abound towards us that we would always have all sufficiency in all things at all times. We'll be able to meet the needs of every situation and also give to every good and charitable work. We do not have the fear of running out. We have faith in running over. We're looking up and not down. We're looking forward and not backward. We thank you, Father, for wealth. We thank you, Father, for the health to enjoy it. And we're so busy enjoying life that we have no time to brood over the past. And we all said amen, amen. and amen. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.